The information in this skill is provided for informational and educational purposes only. Welcome, and thank you for listening to the Multiple Sclerosis Flash Briefings. When your relapsing multiple sclerosis begins to change, how you treat it should change too. Think beyond relapses and choose a treatment that can help delay disability progression. Find out more at changesinrms.com. My name is Jennifer Powell. I am a columnist with Multiple Sclerosis News Today. Today, I will be discussing how restless leg syndrome is more common with greater disability and spinal lesions. Restless leg syndrome, the name given to the considerable discomfort people feel in their lower limbs, accompanied by an irresistible urge to move them, more frequently affects multiple sclerosis patients than the general public and significantly impacts sleep quality, a case study control shows. While the type of MS treatment used was not associated with the syndrome's presence, it was found to be more likely in patients with greater physical disability and spinal lesions. The study, Restless Leg Syndrome and Multiple Sclerosis, Risk Factors and Effect of Sleep Quality, a case control study, was published in the journal Multiple Sclerosis and Related Disorders. Sleep issues which can affect quality of life, disease severity, and flares are common in MS patients. Although the precise cause of troubled sleep and increased fatigue are unknown with certainty, the scientists believe that restless leg syndrome, which typically is felt most while at rest and in the evenings, plays an important role. A team of researchers at the Medical University of Vienna investigated the prevalence of restless leg syndrome in MS patients being treated at their institution, compared to people without this disease serving as a control group. The team also assessed MS risk factors and evaluated the influence of disease-modifying therapies on restless leg syndrome. A total of 117 MS patients recruited at the MS clinic of the Department of Neurology between October 2014 and December 2019 and 118 controls, all staff or relatives of workers at the Vienna University were enrolled. Patients had a median disease duration of seven years and most had relapsing remitting MS, followed by primary progressive MS and secondary progressive MS. Their median score on the expanded disability status scale was 1.5, indicating no evident disability, but symptoms are affecting functional abilities. Their score range was 0 to 7, spanning from normal to wheelchair-reliant. Participants were asked to fill out a number of questionnaires, including the International Restless Leg Syndrome Study Group Rating Scale, whose 10 questions assess the syndrome severity. The Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index 
which looks at sleep quality and habits over the previous month, and the Upward Sleepiness Scale, which evaluates the likelihood of daytime sleepiness. Overall, about one quarter of these patients reported restless leg syndrome, a proportion seven times higher than seen in the normal control group. Its intensity was rated as mild for most of these people. Excessive daytime sleepiness and poor quality of life were not common in patients than in controls. But for scores, these two factors were higher and significantly more common in MS patients with restless leg syndrome than in patients without it. Patients with restless leg syndrome also had more disability as reflected in higher EDSS scores and a higher frequency of spinal lesions on MRI scores. Statistical analysis also demonstrated that higher EDSS scores and the presence of MRI lesions were both risk factors for restless leg syndrome in MS patients, but DMT choice had no impact on the severity of restless leg syndrome, daytime sleepiness, or sleep quality. Among limitations to their study's findings, the researchers wrote, were data obtained from a single hospital and a relatively small sample size, and the lack of age matching between patients and controls. Patients in this study were also of a younger age with relatively mild disease disability levels as seen in EDSS scores. This may explain the high rate of mild restless leg syndrome in our study, whereas a higher rate of moderate to severe RLS is likely to be found in more advanced MS, they wrote, adding that research indicates the prevalence of restless leg syndrome doubles every 20 years, peaking around age 65 in patients. Restless leg syndrome should be kept in mind when managing MS patients to avoid delayed diagnoses, misdiagnoses, and delayed treatment of both MS and RLS, thus impeding improvement of quality of life. Moreover, RLS should be considered in each MS patient complaining on chronic fatigue to guarantee the best available symptomatic therapy, the researchers concluded. Coming up next, Perspectives from MS News Today columnist Jesse Ace. You always do what you can to keep your relapsing multiple sclerosis in check. But if your relapsing MS is starting to change, it can affect your mind and body in new and different ways. So it's important to choose a treatment that goes beyond relapses, one that can help you stay ahead of disability progression. Take charge of your relapsing multiple sclerosis. Learn more at changesinrms.com. Hi, I'm Jessie Ace, columnist for MS News Today, and today I'll be reading from my column Disabled to Enabled, addressing some misconceptions about hypnotherapy. After speaking about hypnotherapy recently with a few people that I know, I realized that many of them didn't know that hypnosis could be used to manage stress and anxiety. One person remarked, what do I need to say to get you to quack like a dog? Uh, well, no, it's not, it's not like that, actually. 
Performers have used hypnosis over the years in many stage performances, TV and film, to demonstrate the power of hypnosis. And sometimes they've mocked the deep-rooted power of hypnotic persuasion by getting people to cluck like chickens or do something out of the ordinary to make the audience laugh. But in reality, hypnotherapy can be a handy tool to manage stress and anxiety, which could come into play when managing MS symptoms. What is hypnotherapy? According to the UK's National Health Service, hypnotherapy uses hypnosis to try to treat conditions or change habits. A hypnotherapy session starts by having the patient discuss what's on their mind. Then they're put into a hypnotic trance to help their mind work through that particular habit or behaviour that they hope to change. This may sound scary, but it's not. The person can wake up from the hypnosis at any time, and after coming out of the hypnotic state, most people wake up feeling refreshed. How can hypnotherapy help? My hypnotherapist provides help for people who have anxiety or stress, want to lose weight, have fear of flying or want to stop smoking, among so many other things. And as I mentioned before, there are many misconceptions about hypnotherapy. Some people believe that hypnotherapists may take advantage of the patient during a session, such as by filling their minds with various thoughts and ideas. But when a patient is in a hypnotic trance, they can hear everything being said. Another misconception is that a person needs to be weak-minded for this hypnosis to work. And this isn't true, as hypnosis can work for almost anyone. Those who might struggle with hypnosis often tend to fight against the hypnotherapist in their heads and don't follow what the hypnotherapist is saying. Hypnotherapy has helped me get out of a stuck mindset in which nothing felt positive after my recent MS flare. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to Multiple Sclerosis News today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. Discover more content that might be of interest to you at www.multiplesclerosisnewstoday.com and be sure to follow us on social media and join our Multiple Sclerosis News Today forums, a trusted MS community ready to welcome you anytime.